Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nintendo Week for the end of week of week 3 week 2015. I'm your host, Colin McIsaac, and as always, I'm joined by Alex Plant Yay. and Ben Lamoureux. Woo! And we are here to talk about E3 2015, Nintendo's uh, presence. So yesterday, of course, we did that big, longer episode about their uh, digital event and why we thought it was pretty lame. Um, today, we're going to be talking about more some of the things about E3, the elements that often go unspoken, like the show floor layout. Um, uh, Nintendo's doing this like collectible badge system. We'll talk about um, talking about some of those those finer things that you often don't hear about. So I guess we'll start off with talking about their show floor. Um, does anyone want to take it off? Because I've been talking for about 40 seconds now. Yeah, so usually Nintendo has a pretty fleshed out show, show floor. Even if they don't have a ton of games to show, they'll have a quite a few stations set up. Sort of almost like alleys of stations, just rows of games to play. But this year, that's just kind of not a thing. There's a lot of Star Fox stations, and there's a lot of Mario Maker stations. And everything else is just really sparse. There's, there's just a ton of empty space on the show floor. There's a huge area set up for Nintendo Treehouse, like, for people to sit and watch it, which didn't exist last year. No. Just this giant chunk of show floor space is not dedicated to games at all. Yeah. Um, or anything at all. It's just empty floor yeah, space. Yeah, I mean, there are a ton of Yoshi's Woolly World stations. They're, considering uh, Zelda Twi Triforce Heroes, each station has three 3DSs. There are a lot of units set up for that. But the demos are so painfully long, and, I mean, they just take forever to get... Yoshi's Woolly World demos are, like, 5 to 10 minutes long. Zelda Triforce Heroes are 10 to 15, even longer if you're not good at Zelda, uh, which a lot of people in line aren't. <laughs> um, Star Fox has, like, 3 or 4 battle phases, and that takes 15, 20 minutes even some people have been taking to play. So the lines take forever. Zelda Triforce Heroes, I remember, we were in line for nearly 2 hours waiting for that game which we didn't come away from it thinking that it was worth two hours of waiting in line. Um, uh, I will say that's at least better than kicking everybody off after ten minutes because that leaves a lot of people unable to finish these demos, but at the same time they should be designing them so that they can be these sort of bite-sized chunks of the game rather right. than these yeah. lengthy, trouble troublesome to get through segments. So for the uh, Mario & Luigi Paper Jam demo, for example, oh you have three options to choose from. You can play like a, a quest or a boss or like a side mission type thing. So I picked quest, and then under that there's three more options. You have three quests to choose from, and you can only pick one. So uh, I don't know if the, uh, the other two options also have multiple options underneath them as well, but you have to go through the line at least five times to play everything that there is to play in Mario & Luigi Paper Jam. it's a long Paper line, Jam. and the demos are long, and they're not fun either. I've talked yesterday about I hate Paper Jam. <laughs> That's, I mean, it's I not helped by the fact that most RPGs do not demo well. Yeah, yeah, and this, the, this the, one doesn't either. The quest I played was was basically just a tutorial. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was under the guise of you have to find and rescue seven toads, but it was just, you know, tutorial. That's that's really all it was. Now, I want to apologize real briefly. It just this, this came to mind. I realized I didn't earlier uh, explain. We're doing this episode live, so no editing. Uh, we're all sharing one mic from our E3 hotel room right now, so there's probably going to be a little bit of background noise. Just apologizing for that. We can't edit it out. Uh, Jackson. <laughs> Jackson. Say hi, Jackson. Hello! Uh, you also just missed Jackson trying to play the baseball minigame in A Link Between Worlds. Emphasis uh, on trying. Trying. Okay, we're not going to repeat he, what he, he succeeded. said. This is a clean lyrics podcast. I got 102 rupees he after succeeded in the end. four hours. I was playing it all day on the show floor. <laughs> it was very frustrating in all those lines. Did you play any games on the show floor? Well, any games that didn't come out in 2013? Let me think about this. <laughs> no. I mean, it's a Morpheus? 
Morpheus. Jackson played Morpheus. Yeah, from the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It was a good. I, you could keep your glasses on with Morpheus. That Jackson has big glasses, so that's important to him. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back so to Nintendo. So we we talked on uh, yesterday's podcast about how. The uh, Triforce Heroes was just not really good for a show floor demo because it requires so much communication and you just can't communicate at all. And that was just a recurring problem. Like, even if the games themselves were good, the demos were not. Nintendo didn't do a very good job of taking games or uh, bite-sized chunks of games that can just easily be conveyed to players and, you know... Right. It just, it didn't happen, you know. With with Triforce Heroes, you weren't able to communicate. With Star Fox, you really didn't have enough time to get used to the new control scheme. Uh, Mario Maker, it was, you know, that was a highlight for me. I loved, they, they let us, you know, demo some of the new content. Yeah, I really loved Mario Try Maker. out the Amiibo mode and such. But, but then when you get to the actual Maker thing, I mean, it's, you don't really have time to be all that creative and come up with a cool level because there's, you know, huge lines and you, you just got to get through it. So it... Even, even though there were some good games on the floor, it's just hard to establish an E3 presence when none of your games demo well. Yeah, I mean, and I will say that's particularly disappointing for me because I didn't think that really almost anything that they showed off in um, the direct or the special digital event or whatever they called it, I didn't think any, really think any of that was particularly exciting. Um, and when the, the E3 demos are built around, or rather not built around, bite-sized chunks that are easily uh, playable on an E3 show floor, then you have a real problem because not only are the games that you show off in the actual event not particularly exciting, but the show floor reinforces that this is a bad year for Nintendo games. Which I'm especially disappointed by because we've been... We've been harping on Nintendo so much lately in the last however long this podcast has been going, and I was really hoping that, that this E3 they would give us something to really praise about, because I still love Nintendo, and I still I still love so much of what they do, but this year, I mean, they just did not fall, follow through. They, they just had a bad year all around, and, and not even the show floor made up for it. Yeah, every year I look forward to playing one really great multiplayer game from Nintendo, and it just wasn't that that certainly wasn't there this year. We played... But uh, Alex, you can play as two players in Yoshi's Woolly World. Woo! <laughs> sure, I mean, face. that's fine, but I'm talking like Smash Bros or Mario Kart or Splatoon. Nintendo Land or Splatoon. Right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That, that sort of experience wasn't there. We did try Metroid Blast Ball today. <laughs> it's okay. I, I it enjoyed bad. it. I, I didn't think it was great. It's it's a fun game. I, you know, I I download it and play it or whatever. But I I wouldn't buy a game to play that. So yeah. the thing is that Federation Force has to be an awesome standalone experience because I don't think that you know Metroid Sucker is compelling enough by itself <laughs> to to be something that people would want to go out and buy. No, so, I completely agree. And I so think... Federation Force really has to stand on its own, or else what could be a pretty good cool mini game will just get swept under the rug. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, it was fun enough. The controls, I will say, were not very good. Um, for those of you listening at home, the way it controls, at least now, and hopefully they'll... I, I gave them some feedback on the show floor, and I don't think they ever take that into consideration on the development level, but at least the Treehouse guy seemed receptive. Um, currently, the way that you aim is with the uh, control stick, uh, the control pad or whatever, the circle pad. 
Um, and for those of you who you played you the use game, that to aim left and right, and you can walk forward and backward with it. Um, the way that you aim up and down is uh, is by holding R and using the gyro controls to aim up and down. And the way that you walk left and right is by you is by holding R and moving the control stick ref left or right. It'll be straight. So, be strafing. Strafing. Well, yeah, but yeah. and I mean, then you can lock onto the the ball by holding right. down L. But so the fact that they split like all these significant motion uh, all these significant movement controls into three different ways is really really jarring, really hard to get used to, and I feel like that really that really hampered the experience a lot for me. And I think if they keep that method of control in the final game, it's really going to be a much worse game for it. When really they should do twin stick. That's how everyone knows how to control a first person I... game, especially a shooter. I mean, it it would have been much more satisfying experience if the control scheme was actually, you know, what players were familiar with uh, and what I think is much more intuitive than the way they've set it up. Well, right. I was going to jump in and say Actually, the way it controlled was very similar to the GameCube versions of Metroid Prime. So, uh, well, Metroid then the GameCube Prime versions of Metroid Prime controlled poorly. I guess so. I mean, this was before <laughs> the, the, the time when Nintendo embraced motion controls or dual stick. Mm. Uh, the good news is, I read something that says, yes, it will feature C-stick controls in the final version. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, yeah, that's so something yeah, they should have had on good. the show for, that is because good. it's you know it's like I've been saying in this podcast, and especially in last podcast, is that even if these are good games, Nintendo is not presenting good demos of them. No. So if you're mm -hmm. if you're gonna say, hey, you know, media, come play our games and tell the world about them, you've got to put good demos on the floor. You can't put yeah. out bad demos and say, oh, don't worry, the finished product will be better. Yeah. You know, that's that's not how you. And it always act breaks my heart talking to these 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 you know these people in the red shirts. I think some of them are actually from the treehouse, and some of them are are just hired out to yeah. be there. Um, but it always breaks my heart to hear them ask, what did you like about this? And, and in my head, I'm thinking, I didn't like anything about it. I'm really sorry. And poor Chibi Robo. I know. I love Chibi Robo too. And Ziplash was just not a good game. And uh, I was struggling to think of positive feedback for it. And all I could say was the character's really great. <laughs> and I could see the look on her face like, oh, okay. Colin broke her heart that day. And that broke my heart to have to do that, but I just I couldn't think of any BS positive feedback for it. Yeah, I at, at its core, I think Blast Ball was pretty fun, and I think it has the potential to be a good game. I'm hoping that it's like Splatoon, where the E3 demo, you know, is just one stage, one weapon. In this case, there were two items you could use, mm -hmm. and that it'll eventually be fleshed out and be a much more full experience. Because if it's not, like I said, it's it's just not compelling enough to make people that interested. I have a bad feeling, you know, Splatoon, you could imagine there will be more weapons, there will be more stages. This, it's, it's soccer. Like, how can they spice up the stages? Like, what could they possibly yeah, do? Yeah, I'm with Alex. And here. with the weapons, it's like, maybe they'll have more power-ups, but I don't see how different weapons would significantly change this experience. Because you're yeah. still shooting a ball into a goal. Like, that doesn't yeah, change. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's not like Splatoon in which there are many different ways that you can cover the ground. It's, it's... Well, and the layout of the level there's changes only, there's the There's only ground one you have target. To cover. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, so we knew it was going to be a short episode. I feel like there, there's there's plenty more that we talked about beforehand that we didn't touch. Oh, on. the uh, the pins. Oh yeah. Um, so Nintendo, if you if you don't know this yet, Nintendo has been giving out uh, pins for some of their games, not all of them. Um, and for the ones they're not giving out pins for, they give out uh, like badges, badges of, of of different sorts. Yeah. Um, like Yoshi's Woolly World has like these cute little poochy patches. Um, that sounds really dirty um, <laughs> um but 
so they have these pins and they have this little booklet of collect all these pins and the games that you have to play are what they're chibi robo uh, mario maker of course uh smash bros dlc um, mario and luigi mario, mario and tennis. luigi mario tennis uh blast ball the vast majority of them are these games that have been getting poor reception from the viewers of the direct which by the way the direct is sitting at something like 18% approval which that's like, in terms of likes versus dislikes on characteristically low yeah. even for some of their crappier directs yeah i mean by by direct standards that is incredibly low feedback so by e3 standards that's a total train wreck um, you almost wonder whether they even should have come Honestly, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing between, you know, the direct being admittedly by Satoru Iwata not meeting expectations and then just such a limited show floor presence. It just, it seems like Nintendo really didn't put their all into this E3. It seems like they didn't really care that much about having an E3 presence this year. Well, what I wonder about that is, is if they know that they're not going to have a good E3 presence by focusing on late 2015 and early 2016, and we've talked about this, I know, off, off mic before... Why not then just actually focus the direct on the stuff that's coming later? And I know we talked, you know, maybe it's NX, but even then, talk about NX. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to talk about the hardware to talk about the games. Right. Especially if you're just going to give us a teaser like we got for Final Fantasy VII. Like right. Like we, we got for... Uh, there, I'm sure there are other games. I can't think of them off the top of my head. Well, I Last suppose Guardian, one Dark worry... Dark. Dark Souls 3. One Uncharted worry they 4. might have is that they'll, they'll be the problem of revealing a game too early and then killing the hype by having to wait, like, for example, with uh, Watch Dogs as a division. A lot of people have complained that Ubisoft has been revealing their big AAA games too early, and then after, you know, like, you know, two and a half years later, they finally release the game, and the hype has just died down at that point. Yeah, I forgot the division, that the division wasn't out yet. <laughs> and I saw it at E3 this year, and I was like, wait a minute, didn't this come out two years ago? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's funny because... the Last Guardian didn't suffer that problem. <laughs> no. That's that a special development case. for like 10 it's years. It's been out of the spotlight for so long, yeah. we haven't seen it. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I get why they don't want to show games too far in advance, because it, it can't, the hype can die down. Mm -hmm. But you look at some of their best-selling games on Wii U, for example, Super Smash Brothers was shown talked about in 2011. It was announced, yeah, in 2011. And then was shown off for a couple years before it came out. Uh, yeah, Twilight Princess was shown several years before it came it? out. Yeah, and didn't come out till two thousand six, and it's the best selling Zelda game. Like they don't, I don't think they need to worry about it as long as the game. Right when it rises comes to, up to expectations. when it comes to established AAA brands, I, I think the threat of losing hype is much much less. Yeah, because yeah. people are anticipating these games anyway. Yeah. I mean, as long as you don't disappoint them. Right. So your Metroids, your your Zelda U's, no matter where that is in development, uh, a CGI trailer would have been nice. Well, unless they really are that... Well, well I, I believe Aonuma said something along the lines of, we have some, some footage we want to show you, but not yet. Yeah, but why not Well, yet? I mean, yeah, why not Zelda yet? U really... The fact that they delayed it and the reasons they gave for delaying it, it really feels like they it really just isn't ready. Mm -hmm. I mean, no, the showings I agree we've with had that. so far were did not really do it many favors. No. They were I, uh, Nintendo fans who were looking. The forward first to, one did, I think. It, it was, showed the world, which is what you wanted to literally, see. Literally, this was last E three, I believe. Uh, Barry was here, and and we saw that opening picture of the art direction of LDU of Hyrule Field. And we just stared at each other and hugged because we were both so happy that that's the direction they took. That we were, you know, we were completely on the same page of here's what we think we think we want Zelda to be. Like this is what this series needs to do. And they went ahead, and the art style reflected that perfectly. And we were just so skeptical that that's what they would 
uh, where they would take Zelda and that they did it and we think it's the perfect choice to go. Uh, we were just so happy and I don't know where I'm going with this story but the Zelda U reveal was great. The reveal was good, but then you see the Game Awards footage months later, yeah. and you're like, "This game is nowhere near finished." Yeah, absolutely. Uh, why? Yeah, why? Are it you was important it off? for us to know that horses don't normally run into trees. I mean, that's a cool detail, but if it's <laughs> part of a larger, more impressive showing, right? You know, the big focus has been look at this huge open world, but so far we haven't really seen what's in that huge open world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like in the state that it was shown, and this. You know, hopefully the delay means that that won't be the state the final game comes in. But in the state that it was shown, it looked like it was really going to seri seriously suffer from the Twilight Princess effect, or even perhaps more more drastically than Twilight Princess, where it has this big open world, but there's nothing in it. It's just yeah. it's just long, long horse rides across nothingness. Horse simulator. I think worked well enough in Twilight Princess, honestly, because I feel like that was sort of the. The Nintendo's idea of a Western game done with the Zelda brand, which I think actually was a really cool idea. Um, and, you know, Western the Western genre is so based on large open spaces and a sort of a, a lone wolf hero, and literally he was a wolf. <laughs> Seriously. Um, so I, I think that worked. I think it ended up working fine for Twilight Princess, but with Zelda U, which has that whole sort of Miyazaki influence, you know, not having anything there to fill that world up is a serious problem especially when when media like that like that media like that Miyazaki influence is always so full of life in every single corner um and so if you have something that looks like a Miyazaki film in the context of a game and then you're not filling it up with all this wonderful content um then it really feels it really feels disappointing and at the very least they need to outdo all these other open world fantasy games that are out there in terms of the amount of content they're packing in yeah because if it's if it can't compete with those games, then what what point is there in making it open world in the first place? I feel like this E three, if anything else, it's convinced me that Nintendo needs to just move all the development of their Wii U projects onto NX, no matter what they are, and then just and then go give from us there. an actually decent showing when NX is revealed. Yeah, because um, I feel like there's I feel like now that another E three has come and gone, and this is by far the most disappointing E three we've ever had in Nintendo's current generation. Um, I think, I don't think they should even bother trying to come back from this. I think they should, they should say, okay, we're cutting our losses and we're going to, we're going to make the NX something really special and we're just going to call it quits with the Wii U because we're not going anywhere. Well, I'd like to say that they can do that, but Iwata was promising profitability this year. But I mean, we've seen the games. We have seen they're, the games. Not, they're not getting profitability this year. I, I'll, I'll agree with that. Maybe from Mario Maker. Well, they might turn a profit just based on the fact that Wii U and 3DS are no longer selling at a loss. And well, and based on the fact that these games are so crappy that they can't possibly be spending that much on them. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine development costs are relatively low. And then also, you know, just supplemental money from Amiibo sales. So, if you can get your well, hands on an Amiibo. Well, I mean, <laughs> Amiibo aren't selling nearly as well as they can because they're not right. being stocked nearly as well as they can. Although... Well, the Donkey Kong and Bowser Skylanders can't turn that around single-handedly, so... No, but it, it might help to attract some some younger uh, players that don't own a Wii U yet to pick up a Wii U for those kind yeah, of games. Yeah, it could be. Um, we'll see. But if so, you need to capitalize that, you know, you need to come out with some more stuff, like really putting Bowser and Donkey Kong in the center of focus, I would say. Yeah. I don't know that they're going to rush out and go buy, you know year old or two year old games because they bought an, uh, an amiibo or a Skylander toy. Especially when Bowser doesn't even have a game. He's just a villain. 
Donkey, I could, I could see it working for Donkey Kong Country. They might, they might use it to try to push uh, Mario Party with the Bowser Party mode. And I wonder <laughs> if there'll be more down the line that we haven't heard about yet. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, that this could no, be an extensive I imagine there will be. I mean, I think there are plenty of Nintendo characters that could work. Well, like we said before, them. you know, Mario and Luigi are the obvious choices just because of the incredible brand recognition. Well, we were talking about Muppets when we said that, not <laughs> Skylanders. Oh, didn't we say that about Skylanders in the previous podcast? Oh, Tony though? said that about I Skylanders. I think our conclusion think... was they're not monsters. So yeah, they Skylanders, yeah. Is Skylanders is all about monsters. Yes, Jackson, question? Interesting story to add on here, but a Disney executive did say that he would like for the day where Mario and Mickey meet to be very soon. So that is actually yeah, I was thinking about uh, good point, Jackson. Yeah, that's Thank a you. potentially very lucrative um, partnership. Skylander, I mean Disney Infinity. Well, I guess my question is literally the mean, only other one, and I got it wrong. <laughs> does this mean Mario and Disney Infinity, or does this mean Mickey Mouse Amiibo? I would love Mickey Mouse Amiibo. I would Epic Mickey Three. Mickey Mouse Amiibo, actually. Epic Mickey Three is not happening. <laughs> Where's Warren Spector? Epic Mickey. <laughs> so every year we seem to run good. into Warren Spector on the show floor, just no matter what. But so far, none of us have seen him, so we're not convinced it's a real E3 yet. Maybe Warren Spector was always just Hideo Kojima dressed up in a costume. <laughs> <laughs> and that would explain why he's not here. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think that it. Either a Disney Infinity crossover or a Mickey Mouse Amiibo would be pretty cool. Um, or both. I mean, I am sure that Mario is going to star in Wreck-It Ralph 2. Um, after all this IP licensing push, and we know that the Wreck-It Ralph 2 director actually really wants that to happen, or the Wreck-It Ralph director really wanted Mario to be in Wreck-It Ralph 1 as like a pretty primary character. Um, so I'm sure it's going to happen. That was before now. Nintendo was... Being more open with their IP. Yeah, and now they're being more open with their IP. Like, I'm sure it's going to happen. As a side note, especially with the whole Nintendo Wreck-It Ralph topic, uh, I was really disappointed when their theme park collaboration was not with Disney. Yeah, me too, but I'm not surprised. I mean, Disney World is, like, Disney. Disney probably doesn't want them. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> That's true, honestly. Universal has more to gain from them. Yeah. But um, still disappointing. Although, speaking of Wreck-It Ralph, if there is ever one character that I want in Smash Bros. that's never, ever, ever gonna happen. Wreck-It Ralph. Vanellope? I was trying to think of some random, like, what's, Sour Joe or whatever. <laughs> the gumball. No, it's Wreck-It Ralph, of course. Um, it's never Except gonna happen, looks, but that'd be pretty cool, actually. I, I would like Wreck-It Ralph in Smash Bros., but that's a just a pipe dream. Unless, Vanellope for Mario Unless Kart. Mario is in, is in Wreck-It Ralph, too. Yeah. In, in which case, we'll see. Maybe, maybe yeah. Nintendo wants to develop Wreck-It Ralph games. I just had the best idea I've ever had. <laughs> Seriously, they made Nintendo developed and published Hamtaro games. There's no well, reason and, they can't and make Disney Interactive Ralph games. doesn't want to do a lot of in-house yeah. stuff, so they, they want to license out the yeah. IP. So, yeah, Disney is pretty much just doing Disney Infinity and mobile games now. Yeah. yeah. So, and their mobile games consist of Disney Infinity. <laughs> uh, you could have Nintendo make you a Mickey Mouse three D platformer. Good idea. Do it. Wow. Call War Inspector. Come on, come on, come on, Disney. Um, so what else was there? Um, we covered the badges, we covered the demo space, we covered our predictions. None no. of them came true. Yeah, so close on a couple. Uh, Animal Crossing Wii was almost a thing, and then they did the bait and switch, and it was actually a board game. And Which our... only functions if every player who's playing has an amiibo. Yeah. Boo! So the end result Boo. being, no one's going to ever play that game. Yeah. Um... Really bad idea. Really, really, really bad idea. Yeah. 
Um, I'm, I'm pulling up our predictions here just so I can get a list of uh, what we actually said would happen. Um, but it was funny because all of the... Basically, our, our idea going into it was we're not going to say the obvious things like Yoshi's Woolly World is getting a North American release date. Like, we're going to see the title of Star Fox for Wii U. Uh, we're going to learn the North American name for Fire Emblem If because those were all just such obvious things that happened. And then, of course, we get to the direct and those are the only things that happened. Uh, only thing interesting or, or even remotely predictable, of course. Um, and the reason that they were the only things predictable is because they were the only things that had any sort of business sense behind their, behind their core concepts. Um, I'm so critical right now, aren't I? <laughs> so salty. <laughs> um, let's see, though. 3D Mario game of some kind. Um, I think we all agree that that's still happening. They just didn't show it. It'll be I don't know if it'll be for Wii. Yeah. Or a crush It game. could be a launch title, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, launch title. Uh, Pikmin game on 3DS. Anyone still think there's any hope for that? Not really. I'd love that, but no. Yeah, I, I think it's gone too. Uh, Retro Studios Secret Project will be a Metroid game for Wii U. That's not happening. News that... We got news that Nintendo has not begun any sort of work on a true Metroid Prime game, and that if they were to start one right now, even then it would likely be for NX and not for Wii U. Um, which I feel like is absolutely the better choice, because I've always felt like um, reviving the 3D Metroid brand on the Wii U would be uh, just bad business sense, considering the Wii U sold so poorly. The perfect time to revive Metroid like that would be for a new console where they're trying to... Uh, breathe new life into the brand and sort of bring themselves back from this, this kitty, um, uh, launching with of... more than Mario, basically launching, well, yeah. with, well, launching with experiences for older or right. you know, more and not relying more on multi-platform third party games like they did with Wii. Right. Mm. Um, multi-platform third party games that had come out a year earlier on other platforms. Yeah. Six months to a year. Most so of a new IP for Wii U coming from Nintendo's garage program. Um, yeah. What I'm happened to so garage? surprised that didn't happen. They didn't mention in they garage may have, either. They may, I know. They may have just moved every garage project to NX. I feel like that's actually kind of more likely because they're going to want a bunch of titles to, yeah. to, to support NX with. Right. So the first title out of garage was Splatoon, and obviously that's been a huge success. So garage has to be working on something, but you know the way things are looking, it probably won't be on. Didn't garage also do Project Garden, Project Giant Robot, mm-hmm. which Project yeah, that's Giant Miyamoto. That was, I thought Miyamoto Garage was... is for other people in the company to pitch ideas that oh, are not okay. Miyamoto. I thought I thought Miyamoto was was the one who came up with those ideas, but Garage was developing them under his oversight. Garage is not technically a studio; it's a program within Nintendo. Yeah, it's like well, I know, Nintendo I know After Dark. Okay, <laughs> and if Miyamoto's the 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 kingpin, then it's probably not Garage. I see. Um, so new Animal Crossing game coming to Wii U. We actually talked about this off mic. I think that now that we've seen Happy Home Designer is an amiibo scheme, we've seen the Animal Crossing Wii U board game is an amiibo scheme, I feel like it's going to be a long time, possibly even until the whole amiibo craze is gone, which could be years, that we'll actually see a real Animal Crossing game again. I disagree with that just because Animal Crossing is insanely popular in Japan, and Japan only makes up 11% of amiibo sales, so I, I don't know that... It would be even fiscally responsible move for them to do that. Well, even we ignoring Amiibo, it's insanely popular in Japan, so they would want to put it on a Wii U. Would they want to put it on a Wii U now? Sure. Really? Yeah. You really think so? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know that we're gonna see an Animal Crossing on, on they can't a real be... Animal Crossing on Wii U, but I don't, I don't think so. I think I think that Animal Crossing will still get like main series entries that okay. aren't just 
aren't just uh, I mean, I think the happy home designer games. model is the one that's, that they're going to follow after this. I mean, if it, it depends if it, on if how it big it blows up to be in a Japan. complete flop. Just because, you know, uh, Animal Crossing, when it when it came out at the time, it was the fastest selling 3DS game in Japan ever. It sold two million right. in its first two months. Since then, that's been broken by like Pokemon and Monster Hunter and Yokai Watch. But but Animal Crossing has a much stronger following in Japan than it does anywhere else, and Japan is the weakest market for Amiibo. So if you turn Animal Crossing into an Amiibo scheme entirely, then I think you're going to lose a lot of your Animal Crossing following. But we do know that the Animal Crossing is the big series that they named when they talked about experimenting with free-to-play. Yeah, that is true. And I have a, I have a strong feeling that they are not going to want to go back to the original premium retail model of Animal Crossing that they're that they're just gonna keep trying to experiment with free to play well, with actually, Animal Crossing until they find something that another works. possibility is given that amiibo are so much less popular in Japan than other ways, it, it might be that they're attempting to use Animal Crossing to kickstart amiibo in Japan essentially Could to be. boost amiibo sales in Japan. Could be. Plus free to play. I mean the model it already lends itself to free to play, just the way content is doled out in Animal Crossing. Yeah. Um I I kinda disagree. I think they'll keep the premium model just because New Leaf did so outstandingly well. But uh, but there'll there'll definitely be more free to play games, probably mobile games too. Mm. Yeah, no, I t- I'm totally with you on mobile. Three um, D Mario game of some kind. We already did that new Kirby game on 3DS. Yeah, that's not happening. Yeah, I don't think uh, anymore. I, I don't think much. But we actually don't know how long 3DS is gonna. I think it's safe to say, given that the only Wii U games we saw were Mario Tennis and Star Fox and Yoshi's Woolly World and Mario Maker, but we've seen those two for so long now. Uh, I think it's safe to say that that Wii U is is taking a real back is it's gonna gonna end a lot sooner than 3ds will mm-hmm. or or if anything at well, the same 3DS, time but yeah, with a lot less software to, but with a lot less software towards its end. Well, we also yeah. don't know that 3ds is actually gonna get a true successor because right. you know when asked about oh is you know NX a successor to Wii U or 3ds Iwata basically said. People play games different ways in different regions, and we want to accommodate all people with NX. So we might not see a true handheld successor to 3DS. Jackson has something to say. Jackson, take <laughs> it away. The fact that they said if they develop another Metroid Prime, it'd be on NX seems to hint that NX would be a home console or a hybrid console, in my opinion. Now he's ducking under the table instead of going back to the... Yeah, well, what it seemed like from (laughs) Iwata's remarks and from previous Iwata remarks is that um, he says, we don't want you to think of future Nintendo platforms as different pieces of hardware. We want you to think of Nintendo as the platform and then you interact with it with different pieces of hardware. So we've talked about it before, but, you know, NX could potentially be several different things that all just sort of interact with the Nintendo platform. NX could be an operating system. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know know that I'm wholly convinced that it will be, but I'm sure it's something that they're strongly considering. Well, that's a trend throughout... Pretty much every tech and tech uh, space at this point, you have yeah. iOS, which is now extending beyond tablets and phones to like cars and stuff like that. And you have Microsoft. iOS is in cars. Yeah, they have an iOS sort of uh, mutation called CarPlay. The robot uprising is coming. God, uh, that's terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> and then you have Microsoft with Windows Ten being yeah. one operating yeah, system yeah, yeah, across yeah. everything. Uh, so I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest to see Nintendo right. follow that path. Super Metroid remade for Nintendo 3DS. 
Yeah, that was a shot in the dark. That was more of kind of like a, this would be cool, I want to see it. And Nintendo said more 3DS remakes are coming. Which, by the way, with the we exception didn't see of yeah. single player. Hyrule no. Warriors leaked early, but that would have been their, their one like announcement for yeah. E3 of a remake. But I don't think that's what any of us had in mind when we did no, remakes, no. though. No. Not that's, remake of a game that came out you know last year. So. Right, that's a, that's a port it's of... It's not a remake, Ben. It's a reimagining. Reimagining, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, it's I guess port. using Nintendo's language, we haven't seen any new 3DS remakes announced. And they said that was going to be a huge focus of the the new handheld model. So, the, you know, there there has to be more 3ds content coming. But and I wonder, are they are they just implying things that are very very different from what they actually mean, or are they just straight out lying? Probably a mixture of both. I mean, they've <laughs> they've bluffed in the past about how good their lineups are going to be, and they've bluffed in the past yeah. about what they've that's been just kind of pretty universal, you know, for a company to say, "Oh yeah, next year's going to be our best year ever." This episode is so cynical. Are they straight out lying? <laughs> uh, I feel like stretching people stretching the truth. Just go maybe. on the internet and tell lies. Yeah. Uh, so, three D Metroid game for Wii U. We already addressed that. A new Golden Sun game for three DS. Ben, do you want to eat your words? Yeah, I didn't really think that was happening either. <laughs> no, I, know, I, know. I, I knew Wii U wasn't going to happen. I thought 3DS was a possibility, but... Uh-huh. Eh. Well, Wii U definitely wouldn't happen with Golden Sun, because Golden Sun has always been a handheld uh, game. Right, they, they discussed the possibility in the past. If, if I'm recalling correctly, they said something like, we would need to be certain that Golden Sun would sell at least 700,000 copies to put it on Wii U. And I don't see that happening. So. No. Not with Wii U's install base. I could see base. it happening on 3DS. Yeah, 3DS a has, has a big enough install base. And obviously the uh, that target number would be lower too because development costs would be lower to make it on 3DS than on Wii U. So yeah. I think it could be profitable for them to make a Golden Sun. I just don't know that Nintendo well, really cares about that franchise that much anymore. After Dark Dawn, sure they'd have to do something like they did with Awakening where they yeah. completely resell just the franchise as a whole uh, and not not just continue. Fire Emblem Awakening, Awakening just to be clear for listeners. Yes, um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, uh, Twilight Princess remade in HD on Wii U. We didn't see a single Wii U remake. No, I could see that HD. coming on you know NX still, but yeah. I doubt they're gonna put very many resources into making an HD remake on Wii U anymore. For Twilight Princess specifically, or for anything? For anything really. I mean, I could see them doing more. You know, well, obviously they they should do more of the like re-releases on eShop of Wii games, but. I, I don't know that we'll see any more HD remakes. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think Virtual Console is something they really need to push, and I feel like we've talked about this a million times on the show. Why aren't they pushing it yeah, if their release lineup is so thin? Now's the time. Not a single game for the summer. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, we even dropped the mic with this basically last time. You have the greatest back catalog of all time. Use it. Yeah. Pokemon Z, or whatever successor there is to X and Y. Yeah, is no this, Pokemon Is this going to be the first year... In history, that the third version or whatever follow-up it is is not happening two years later. I mean, 3ds is basically tanked in Japan compared to where to compared to where it was like last year. Um, mm. So I could see them just saying it's not worth it at this point. We'll just make it for the next device. Make Pokemon Z for the next device, or just skip. Whatever the next Pokemon will be. Yeah, I don't imagine we'll see a Which new generation be, on 3ds. Speaking of what the next Pokemon will be, it will be a remake of Kanto. Probably of yellow version in celebration of Pokemon's 20th anniversary. <laughs> I hope it. so. Calling it. I hope so. I'd it's rather good. play a yellow remake than another red, blue Then Raging Fire Red and Growing Leaf Green. <laughs> <laughs> um, Captain Toad on 3DS. 
want. That's it's just, happening, guys. That's just wish list. Yeah, no, I uh, I wouldn't call it wish list. It was a it was a hunch that I had that I didn't think it was actually going to be particularly. Nintendo, true. I will buy one million copies of it to make your worth your while. Just just do it. I want to play it. Uh, Pikmin Four coming to Wii U. Not happening ever. Um, Unless Shigeru Miyamoto just goes insane and spends like another five to six year development cycle on a game that won't yeah, sell very well. But that'll be yeah. like the one after NX. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Retro Studios is making a new 2D Metroid game for 3DS. So this is... this The idea behind this prediction of mine actually came true. But the conclusion that it was Retro Studios making a 2D Metroid game was totally off the mark. But my idea was basically that Nintendo doesn't know what to do with 3D Metroid. They don't want to do 3D Metroid, so they're going to outsource they're going to outsource a new a, or rather a different kind of Metroid to one of their smaller western-based developers. And they actually did that. And that was it ended up being Next Level Games, which I did not really expect was going to happen. Well, they they had previously they, pitched a Metroid yeah. game to Nintendo and it got rejected. Yeah. So. Um and it also it wasn't 2D Metroid game. It was kind of a 3D Metroid game. It was a 3D not Metroid game that is called Metroid. Although it will apparently have Samus in it at some point. Is that what we've heard? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it better have Metroids than if it's called Metroid. That would just be horrible. Well, there was Hunters, which I don't think had Metroids. I played like halfway through Hunters and then just hated my life, so. (laughs) Um, So, huh. I had actually forgotten about that prediction. That's kind of interesting. Um, at least one new IP, likely for 3DS, maybe for Wii U. We didn't see a single new IP. We almost had one with Blast Ball, and then it was just a Metroid game. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. I, we were actually talking about this, Ben. We were saying, uh, at, at, it was like after the Nintendo World Championships, or maybe it was on Monday or mm-hmm. something. We were saying, like, some of our predictions are coming true. We've got the n- new 3DS IP here, and then, nope. It sort of sucks, because had they built on that, and it was more than just Blast Ball and a co-op Metroid campaign they could have had an actually decent ip there i know and ugh. Uh, and maybe federation force will be good maybe we shouldn't write it off we know nothing about it basically we haven't yeah. seen gameplay footage outside of what was in the direct yeah I, th- I think it's it's possible it'll be a good game i just think branding it as metroid is a mistake yeah uh series of gamecube games ported to 3ds and remade <laughs> for wii u we talked GameCube. about the remaking one <laughs> uh I don't think GameCube even exists anymore. What even is GameCube? They released a GameCube peripheral and then it's used in one game. Which is so strange to me because GameCube is, right now, the system that Nintendo fans love more than anything. And so you'd think Nintendo would be interested in in actually giving people games that they want to buy. Or at least letting them use the Sunshine HD, everybody. Yeah. Um... Mother 3 talked about it. Intelligent Systems is making a Paper Mario for Wii U with classic <laughs> Paper Mario gameplay. Not even going to talk about on that it. one. Jesus. Uh, Next Level Games is making Punch-Out for Wii U. So this one we actually heard. Next Level is working on a Wii U game. We just don't know anything about it yet. So could be true still. I have, a, I have a feeling. If there's any, if there's well, any one it'll prediction... It'll probably I become an X game, still. the way things are going. <laughs> Yeah, unless it's like close to the end of development and they just didn't want to show it at E3 for whatever reason, but I don't know why they wouldn't want to do that if it was nearing the end of development. Uh, but it could be something like towards the end of the Wii U's life cycle, uh, just so that they have something we'll instead of know. killing the console off a year before they actually released a new one like they did with Wii. 
They do that with every console. Let's well, speaking of killing the console off, um, they've said multiple times that we know that if we don't satisfy Wii U customers, then they'll be upset and they won't buy our next console. So we promise we won't move on to new hardware until we've satisfied the Wii U base. Does Which, n- given this E3, will be a long, long time from now. Oh, yeah, that's the question. Does Nintendo think they have satisfied the Wii U user base, or have they just given up on that idea of well, let's well, satisfy before moving I on? I think they've given up on the idea. They released a Mario, they released a Smash Bros, they released a Mario Kart, they released a new IP. That's yeah, what everybody it, wanted, right? In, in Nintendo's minds, they they may think that they've satisfied Alex everyone about Wii U. Alex has a cheeky smile right now. He's not being serious. <laughs> <laughs> now he's smiling even harder. No, I, I actually believe that they might actually think that. We released all our biggest franchises, all the ones that were no, the best I, sellers last gen. I agree that why they aren't you like buying our that. hardware? I agree that they. I remember when Reggie said uh, when the Wii U came out, like people have always wanted a Mario at launch. We gave them a Mario at launch. What do you like? Why isn't it selling? And he what's was, wrong with he you? Was is getting, what he was getting said. That's right. Yeah, yeah, he was getting really salty about about people and what what something that I just don't see why they just so so blindly misunderstood was we don't want another new Super Mario Bros. game. They no, want we a want 3D Mario in HD or with this at huge least Super Mario Brothers 5 or whatever you want to number it at this point. Yeah, something that's actually new and inventive and doesn't just say new in the title and hope that people believe it. <laughs> um, a new model of Wii U with increased internal storage. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty That'll sure that wasn't happening. <laughs> Uh, we'll learn I'd about be surprised happy- if they shipped anymore. We'll learn part. about Happy Home Designer's North American pricing model. That was the one prediction that I was 100% confident in, and that still didn't even happen. <laughs> uh, a third DLC pack for Mario Kart 8. No, I don't think that's happening. It may be happen. bad, because that should happen. Ah, too bad. That's probably where they'll get most of their money going forward. Honestly, if they yeah, I mean, it. I think it may still happen. Uh, I don't know if it'll happen Smash Bros. and Amiibo soon. and all that stuff, it, it, uh, I feel. Yeah, uh, King K. Rool and Isaac and Shovel Knight and Banjo-Kazooie. Banjo-Kazooie would be great just for the Amiibo. Not yeah. to mention the nostalgia. I want a Gruntilda Amiibo. <laughs> I want a Bottles Amiibo. <laughs> um, Nintendo will launch a concerted effort to keep Amiibo in stock. So this wasn't something they announced at... at well, actually, the whole... Eth- we, we had a conversation about this topic and we were saying it was going to be something that would come out during like the show floor and interviews and stuff, which that whole period isn't over yet. So I guess it's not the right time to address it, but they definitely didn't talk about it in, in their direct. They did say the stuff with Skylanders and they announced some new Amiibo. So I feel like it's, it's very possible that um, they are launching a concerted effort. And we saw earlier in the news, um, like almost every single rare Amiibo besides like Lucina and Robin and Little Mac were being resubmitted for an entire month of restocking in North America, so maybe that's good news. And I wonder if news. that applies to the newer Amiibo, too, and not just these reissues. Right, and hopefully it does. I mean, I I can't imagine that they would keep making very few Amiibo from the outset. Yeah. If um, I can't get a Palutena for my wife, I might actually die. <laughs> I might not be here next E3. Oh, like heartbreak, or will she kill you? I will be in the ground, Yes. Can confirm would happen. Uh, Wolf and Roy will return to Smash along with one newcomer announcement. So we got that in the form of the Smash Direct, not Wolf, which I'm still surprised by. They didn't say. It'll be when Star Fox comes out. Yeah, I still think that's for sure happening. But Pigma anyway. amiibo, make it happen. <laughs> yeah, we didn't hear about the Star Fox amiibo line. I guess the second. Wait, what was? No, we just heard about Animal Crossing and Smash. Mm-hmm. Um, huh. 
Well, and the special 8-bit Mario for Mario Maker. I guess maybe the second... So this Amiibo Hacker guy we talked about, I think it was last week, two episodes ago, because um, of yesterday's episode. I think he, he noticed that there were plans for two more series. Maybe Chibi-Robo is the second series, and that's the only uh, Amiibo in that line. That's possible. I don't know. I have no actual opinion. I have no <laughs> understanding of how it, it works. <laughs> um, those are the end of our predictions. Let's our extremely accurate predictions. Honestly, they should have been. <laughs> At like, least if Nintendo had any business sense this year, they would have been true. Reggie still didn't give us Mother 3. We still well, didn't get a new Metroid. It is... I will say Earthbound Beginnings is a very good sign for Mother 3 because it means that they're either testing the waters or they're working on translating Mother 3 and just giving us this in the meantime. I don't know why they, if they were working on Mother 3, they wouldn't have just said we're working on Mother 3. And I'm not sure why you would test yeah. the waters with Mother 1, though. I mean, you've well, seen the, the fan feedback for Earthbound and then going back a step in terms of development style... I, yeah, I, I don't I think, think it playing has Mother to, 1 really prepares you for Mother 3. I think it has more to do with wanting to not release the third game until they release the first game. Yeah. yeah, And also uh, wanting to spend as little as possible before they actually re- put the full effort into finishing Mother 3. Yeah. Because this is... it. If, it, if they are testing the waters, this is the cheap way to do it. Right. You know, localize the NES game, which has not as much They already text. localized it. Yeah. It was done in, like, 19-whatever. Yeah. Um, so. And you can tell by the censorship that it probably was censored way back then, too. Um, <laughs> Which is a good thing, I think. Yeah, cigarettes It was rated T. Well, act- cigarettes are actually are not in this one. And were they not? Yeah, I thought no, that's what were, I saw in the image. Not. Anyway. No, they, uh, they removed the cigarettes from the crow. Um, okay. It's still rated T, though. Huh. Which is really interesting. Uh, I think it's good. I think I really like that there's a T-rated game that, or rather, a game that is childlike enough. It it has that magical sense of of childhood, and but still has these mature themes that older gamers can appreciate. It's kind of funny though that the main character is probably younger than the age rating is. <laughs> no, he is. He's like ten years old. Yeah. Nintendo. Entirely random, but I couldn't get sure. over the first time I played Mother that you can like lose health from having asthma attacks when you fight cars in the game. That's a that's a thing. <laughs> I really love in in the Earthbound series just the way that the battle system works in like an actual real world setting. Like it's like you know emotional and like physical damage that actually would realistically hurt people, and not like you just got sliced in the head with a sword. You lost. Yeah. 10% of your life force. It's like, oh, you have a boo-boo that's like really bothering you. You lost 2% of your life. That makes so much more the sense. The rats in your basement said some very nasty things to you and your attack went down. <laughs> what? Well, no, I mean, they, they, they're, they're like, the status effects are like, you have a cold. Mm-hmm. That's like a very realistic thing that would inhibit someone from battle mm-hmm. just enough that, just enough that it inhibits them from like, you know, acting in full force. But it's not like, if someone's poisoned, it's not like they're gonna... Just their performance is going to do slightly worse. Or in Pokemon, where if you're paralyzed, your speed drops by 50%. Yeah, in Pokemon, if you're paralyzed, you can sometimes attack and sometimes you can't. Whereas Earthbound is like, no, that doesn't make any sense. If you're paralyzed, you're paralyzed. Yeah. Uh, Earthbound is like, oh, if, if, if you are like... 
if you are narcoleptic, then sometimes you attack and sometimes you don't. <laughs> That's what it does. It's it's so much more realistic, and I like that. I appreciate that for an RPG. Um, it, it is very strange, though, that all their biggest and most hype-worthy announcements were all before E3 actually kicked in, yeah. which was Ryu and, and Earthbound Beginnings. And on top of that, that their biggest games this year were both games that were announced last year. Yeah. Star Fox and Mario Maker. Yeah. Uh, which, to be fair, we hadn't seen Star Fox before. But also, but to be even more also... fair, Star Fox has never been a very high seller. And the oh, fact it also that looks Star Fox basically is just there. like Star Fox has Always in has. the past. Yeah. So, not seeing it, I don't think, made much of a difference. Honestly, when they showed it off, that was literally exactly what I was expecting. Yeah. I was like, good, this is what it should be, but also I was like, okay, I haven't seen anything new because this is exactly what I envisioned. There was a segment at the very beginning of the Corneria demo where I thought I was actually seeing a remake of Star Fox 64. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about that yet, but... It's, That's the thing that it's still very close. I mean, a lot of the level structure is, is very similar. And enemy placement and yeah. our, uh, obstacles. And, yeah. Enemy yeah. functions, too, just what they do. Yeah. Um, and the enemy sprites, I think, or the enemy polygons, I think, are ripped out of 3D and just up-res, some of them. Could be. Those, uh, those mechs that throw the beams at you. Yeah, they look the very same, low poly count. Same model, I think. Yeah. <sighs> Disappointing show. Really disappointing show from Nintendo. So they've said in the past that uh, they don't want to have a physical presence at E3 again until they have new hardware. Do you think when they announce NX, they'll actually rent out you know an auditorium and have a physical press conference again and then by extension I hope they have do. a big presence on the what show What they floor? need to do with NX is they need to say, hey, look, we're not the Nintendo that we've been for the last 10 years. We're a new Nintendo that still does all this great stuff uh, with Mario and Kirby well, and Pokemon. Fair. The Nintendo we've been for the last six years or so. That's what they're going to be for the future, the foreseeable future. But what they need to do is say, look, we're also going to have games like Metroid, games like F-Zero, games like Geist that are attracting to, to older customers. Geist, are, really? I mean, not games like Geist from a gameplay and certainly not from a sales perspective, but yeah. at least from a, a thematic and aesthetic perspective that, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not just more Kirby. Um, yeah. It's not, it's not everything is made of yarn, which I love Yoshi's Woolly World and Kirby's Epic Yarn. Don't get me wrong. I love those. I love those. But they're certainly not doing anything for the Call of Duty crowd. Um, and Nintendo needs to do something or, for the Call of Duty crowd, whether you like it or not. And and by Call of Duty crowd, we mean mainstream gamers. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, and speaking of, you know, the mainstream and, you know, other companies and such, I think it's fair to point out, Nintendo is not the only one that had a weak show floor presence. This is the most barren E3 show floor I think any of us have seen. Yeah. There's... Microsoft is pretty crowded, but everyone else, I'd say. Yeah, like, uh, last year, and especially the year before, I mean, we've seen, like, a, a gradual decline in terms of show floor, show floor presence, but even last year still, 
there would be these these big displays where you could go and you know have they'd have like twenty game stations set up and like you know, giant posters and stuff. And you're not seeing nearly as much of it that. There's there's a lot more empty space on the show floor. There's a lot you more think that small it's very gathering. Least, I mean, in, in previous years where I've gone, Nintendo had like these big photo booths where you could like jump in a Donkey Kong barrel. And have there a is there taken is one of those. Could, there's a there's one a of Mario those, block. But, but I remember I think it was 2013, the first year I went. Mm-hmm. There were like four or five of them on the show floor. I'm yeah. surprised oh, yeah, was, that if they have there was this, Mario Kart and Donkey yeah, Kong. If they have this freeze. little space uh, for the actual games, I'm surprised they're not trying to crowd it up with, with more of these fun things to make it themselves at least feel like they have more content than they actually well, do. Well, and I said this before we started the podcast, it's because their games are not worth making those things for. Yoshi's Woolly World would make a great display like that. I would totally take a picture in a giant ball of yarn. I think even Smash Bros. would have something cool, like if they... If they I mean, I know that Smash they... Smash Bros. isn't a showcase game, though. Yeah. But they could still, they could have, they could have worked with Ubisoft on Skylanders. They could have made something like, as much as I hate Paper Jam, they could have done something cool with like a Paper Mario stand, a Chibi Robo thing. I mean, they're not worth it per se, but like Metroid. Yes, like the because I don't think they've ever done whether or not these games are going to be are going to be great. They still they could still use them to fill up show show floor space with actual like physical kiosks right i would say every company has a rather lackluster show floor presence this year which just might be a symptom of people of of publishers growing a little weary of e3 and not thinking it as important as in previous years but nintendo is by far the worst nintendo just has huge open spaces on the show floor which is just very odd i don't know why you would spend that much money because it's incredibly expensive to rent show floor space yeah and nintendo still has the same amount of show floor spaces before there's just about half as much content on it. Yeah. Yeah. But to circle back to your question, Ben, I really do think they, and especially just thinking about about the way the conferences have gone down with Microsoft and Sony doing so well, Nintendo is in a position where if they are going to want to be taken seriously again by the rest of the mainstream gaming media and consumer base, they're going to need to do something like that where they actually bring the attention back to them because if they continue to do things like the digital event and continue to do things like Nintendo Direct and announce their big paradigm-shifting games through those mediums where people aren't watching until the announcements have already been made, then they're not going to make nearly as big an impact as they need those games to make. And so if they want to... If they want to bring attention back to, look, we're going to start doing things differently. We are going to be... We are going to be a, a, a gaming ecosystem worth buying into again because, let's face it, this year they are not worth buying into. If you don't have a Wii U, I mean, it, it's worth buying into for the back catalog, but there's nothing that you should be buying a Wii U for coming out in the next year, as far as we know. Unless you really want Xenoblade. Well, or yeah. Mario Maker. Those yeah. are the two yeah. things. I, well, I, would, I, I like Star say, Fox. I would not say you should buy a Wii U for Star Fox. I wouldn't say Mario Maker's a system seller, though, just because... I mean, not as high a quality, but there there have been so many, you know, bootleg versions of that yeah. existing for years and years that are completely free. Mario yeah. Maker is something that dedicated Nintendo fans are going to want to buy so they can make their own custom levels and share them with friends and such and, you know, do it in an official way. But you're not going to attract people that aren't already hardcore Nintendo fans that would have already been seriously considering Wii right. U with, with Mario Maker. Right. Um, but, you know, if they're going to announce games like this, which they absolutely need to then they need to do it in a space where people are paying attention before they actually announce any of these things. Um, and Because if, no if no one's looking, then, then what they do isn't going to matter. 
Yeah, and, and we've talked about this before, how the Nintendo Directs and things like that are great for informing your existing fan base about cool things and, you know, having, you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, even an hour to really get into your games and show off the cool stuff, but they're not good at all for attracting new customers. And if they can, and especially if they continue to build this reputation of we're going to do digital events during E3, we're going to do Nintendo Directs random times throughout the year, and then if, especially if, you know, the ones during E3 are as bad as this one was, then they're ultimately going to lose the credibility of being worth watching. And so so they need to announce the NX and and good games company good diverse games for a diverse uh, age range, um, then they are going to want to rent out a physical space, have a physical conference, and drum up that amount of hype. Um, if they're going to continue to just release everything digitally, then then people are not going to consider them to be a significant player in E three anymore. We can already, I've already felt them feeling like a much less significant player in E three this year, not just from the distribution of their conferences, but in the general attitude of the gamers who go there. And that's only going to worsen the longer they keep this up. And yeah, like like even last year, there were constant lines all three days to play like Splatoon and Smash Brothers whereas this year you're not really seeing that there's there's not well there are much... constant lines but it's because the demos are right. a half an hour long right it's yeah. because there's not enough demo stations and the demos are long you're not seeing constant lines because of hype you're seeing constant lines because of poor floor planning yeah yeah, yeah. and this is just me but I think even with Nintendo Directs which I appreciate their digital presence hasn't even been that good you have other companies no. like Microsoft and Sony that are constantly blogging. They're constantly releasing these little developer diary videos. We don't get that from Nintendo. We get directs and nothing else. We get Bill Trennan retweeting stuff. <laughs> That's true. We do. Treehouse isn't developers, though. That's localization giving you the... Sometimes developers the... show up. I, I do think Alex is undervaluing the Treehouse a lot. Yeah, but if, I if the mic didn't I... pick that up, Jackson... Jackson interjected I'm and not, said that Treehouse is their, their digital presence. I'm not just talking E3. I'm talking all year long. No, I agree. I agree I'm, I'm saying I think you're undervaluing Treehouse, but I also think... I don't get to watch I, Treehouse, so I don't know. Right. No, no, I know. But I, but I completely agree with you. Well, that I, is only during E3. I think they therein lies like the problem the when of the members of the media aren't watching Treehouse. <laughs> um, well, they if the members of the media aren't watching, you're doing something wrong. And and that is the kind of content that I do want to see. I do want to see them just sitting down, playing the game for a little while, uh, which they do occasionally. But they're sitting down, playing the game for a little have, while during a Nintendo time when you're minutes. busy doing other things for them. And, and it, it's not, Treehouse Live is not for us, let's just be honest. It's no, for the no, people I, watching at home. They, they do have pretty regular Nintendo Minute videos, but none of them are especially compelling. They don't really give me Aww. insight into what the We're developers are trying to do with the way they're making I like the game. And that's what I think we need from Nintendo. We need more transparency in the way they develop their games. Absolutely. It doesn't help that they're banning people like Dan Adelman from Twitter. And it doesn't help <laughs> that they're making games that no one wants to play. We don't even want to play them. And we're... I, we're E3 I people who are making a Nintendo podcast, and we don't want to play I don't know games. if... I don't remember if it was on the podcast or if it was like at a dinner or something, but I was, I was saying recently, I either have the conviction or stupidity to call myself one of the biggest Nintendo fans in the world and I just don't feel this year that being a Nintendo fan is 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 worth it and that's the I first time they I've... call that masochism <laughs> and but that's this is the first time I've ever felt like Nintendo is not 
giving me the value that I am trying to buy into as a consumer and as a fan of Nintendo, they are not providing the entertainment that I that I seek from them. And that's that's really sad, especially when I've been such a huge fan for all my life and, you know, for the first time in 20 years, I just not there. I I just don't I'm not getting that. I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling like the experience as a whole is significantly less valuable. Whereas before it, it fueled my entertainment all year round. Now I feel like there's nothing for even six months down the road. Yeah. Um, I went to Sony's booth and played Tearaway Unfolded and Ratchet and Clank today. And I walked away more satisfied from those two games than I did the vast majority of the stuff in Nintendo's uh, booth. And I wouldn't say those games are, like, better than Nintendo's best, but they're better than what Nintendo's putting in. They're better than Nintendo's 2015. Yeah. Uh, Again, aside from Mario Maker and Yoshi's Woolly World, but we've already seen all those. And Yoshi's Woolly World launches in five days in in Europe. There's no reason it should be launching in October in America. Well, they have nothing else for October in America, so... They have nothing else for summer in America now. They have Splatoon. Don't forget. If <laughs> yeah, great. Keep... Four guns. Yeah, I mean, they, they got to keep people interested. They have right? they have a little bit of Splatoon content. That's and, not... and no virtual console games. Sorry. Not going to happen. Yeah, uh, that's unfortunately true. Uh, this no is probably the most Earthbound cynical Beginnings was technically June. Nintendo Week ever. The cynical and depressing episode of Nintendo Week ever. But um, Yeah, this, this whole E3 just e- made me want to buy a PS4. And Honestly, PS4 yeah. doesn't even have that many like high-caliber games coming out I mean, out th- this, this E3 was... The reason that this episode is is the most cynical and depressing of Nintendo Week so far is because this week has been the most cynical has has fueled the most cynicism and depression of any of any Nintendo Week of Colin's life. Well, I'm almost not even satisfied with E3 as a whole, and because this is of just Nintendo the cherry or on just, top, just, just everything. But if I thought I if thought Nintendo until were Nintendo's. at least halfway decent this year, I would have been fine. I thought until Nintendo's, this was going to be the best E3 ever. I, I really enjoyed Sony but, and Microsoft's press conferences, but the show floor presence has been underwhelming just pretty much all around. Yeah, I really enjoyed Sony and Microsoft's conferences, but because Nintendo's was the last one we saw, we couldn't see Square Enix's, unfortunately, because we were getting ready to go to the show floor. Um, Jackson saw it. Woo! Was it I good? I saw it. What did I see? Square, Square Enix. Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, but because you can hear the enthusiasm the, in his voice. <laughs> but because Nintendo's was the last one I saw, you know, it 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 instead of instead of being you know the cherry on top of a great E3, it kind of it it really brought the it hype deflated down the hype. from from you know all the great announcements that the other companies made. Yeah. Yeah. Except Ubisoft, Pele was not that great an announcement. Uh-huh. Or that was EA, I guess. Shows how similar those conferences were. Uh. Yeah, I was in charge of our coverage for those conferences, and I think I slept through both of them. <laughs> That's not true. Now you just sound like a really terrible journalist. <laughs> he did not sleep. He was very diligent and a great worker. As his boss, I can attest to him. Aww. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> um, so I think that's... I have a feeling says, that's... Obviously, it was a really short podcast. Yeah, and that's it's really funny that it ended up being longer than yesterday's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, I, no, I mean, I think it's good because yesterday we talked a lot about all the games themselves. Today we're talking really more about the the theme of the show, which was dread. And we're getting, we're getting really personal Yeah. this show. Yeah. We love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I think that about wraps it up. 
and I don't want to talk about about this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is uh, very depressing. At least retro, if you're not making a new Metroid, at least make a new Donkey Kong Country. Or anything. I need more cranky. Retro, you can make anything. Anything you want to make. All right, guys, let's go drown our sorrows in a hot tub. Sounds good.